This is Craig from The Homeowner Show. So glad you could join us for a special episode here live with the BCB group live at Blackwood Gun Club. Uh, so glad that you, yeah, you shout it out. So people on the, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let everybody at home know you're there. That I'm not just talking to my pretend friends. Um, yeah, see, somebody didn't turn their volume down. Um, Anyway, we are, we're here tonight. I was asked to share a little bit about the show, where it came from, how it came to be. Uh, so here, here's, here, we'll, just, we'll just be very transparent. In 2009 was probably uh, the worst year of my life. Uh, I was fired from the second church I had been working for. Uh, it was a career that I really thought that I had been called into. Uh, it's, I had gone to graduate school for this. Uh, it's, it's really what I believed God was asking me to do in my life was to serve in ministry. And I, I'd just gotten fired. Uh, I was having multiple interviews at really big churches that everyone was saying no and to make ends meet at the time I was teaching music in, uh, daycare, uh, which was, was fun, but I think I lost money with the gas that I was buying to drive to the daycare centers and, and play guitar for these kids. Um, and I, I was just at a loss. And my, my dad, uh, all along the way, since I'd, since I'd started my career in ministry, uh, had been like, hey, come on, come on back to the, uh, to the family business, come on back to the family business. Um, and I fought it and fought it and fought it uh, until, up until a point where uh, my previous employer was coming after us and we were about to lose our home. Uh, we had our first kid and I just, I really didn't know what to do. And I just, I just kind of broke down and said, God, I'm, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm tired of chasing the things that I feel like you don't want me to do. Um, I'm just, I'm, and I'm just tired. And so I, I literally almost, I felt kind of like the prodigal son. I went, I went back to my dad and I, I told him, I'm here. Like, I, this, is, this, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. All the other doors are closing and you've just been so gracious with me. Um, and it, I think it was like six months later, he fired me too. Uh, that's a totally, totally different story. He hired me back. It was fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've, I've been running that business for the last 10 years and about year five into running that business, uh, I noticed that I had a lot of friends who had businesses like ours. And what I noticed about most of them, what I was really good in our business was the marketing side of stuff. I, I really enjoyed doing the, the social media, putting together, going out and making sales and, and, and just meeting new customers. And I noticed that there were so many talented guys in similar industries to mine whose marketing sucked. They were so talented, but they couldn't get in front of the right people. And my background had been in music and in recording. And so I had all this gear laying around my house and I wasn't using it anymore. And I went to my wife and I said, I, I, I know all these guys whose business could use a boost. Uh, that if they could just get their message out to the right people, their business could grow. And I said, I think I can put together a show where I can interview them, talk to them about their business, share their story, 
not just like what they do and their specialty, but like, why are they in business? Who are they? Where did they come from? Most people have an incredible story if you're just willing to ask the right questions. And so I said, I think, I think we can do this. And, and so we, we started doing it in my living room. Uh, me and the youth pastor at the church we were going to, we, uh, I think our very first interview uh, was a guy that had a pool cleaning company, Jason. Jason Hernandez was our first interview. He came and sat in our living room while my kids slept in the next room over, and I was just petrified that they were going to come in naked and <laughs> on the video. And uh, it, uh, yeah, so it, it, went off, it went off without a hitch. I think it was interview three. We had the mayor of Oak Ridge on the show, and we, we had done this, uh, this interview about some water services that they were having. It, it seemed cool to us because we had a mayor on the show, and the interview had gone live. And it was the next morning, we, we had an email from a CEO of this large corporation that was threatening us because we had had this mayor on who was talking bad about their company, scared the bejesus out of us. Uh, and, but we, we pressed on. And we've been at it for four and a half years now. Uh, I, I was just sharing with someone earlier, we're at, at this point in time, we're in the top 1% of all podcasts, um, which sounds more impressive than it is because there's over 2 million podcasts in, out there in the world. You know, and there, there's even more than that on YouTube. I think there's like 280 million users on YouTube or something like that. Um, so it's a big, wide open space. Being at the 1%, it's not because we have a huge audience. It's because we've just been doing it consistently every Tuesday for the last four and a half years. Uh, and and I, a lot of people ask us why we do it. Because the, the, the fact is, is that we really don't make money doing the podcast. We've, we've made money because of the podcast, but we don't make money with the podcast. Um, you know, we don't have big corporate sponsors or anything like that. We've made a lot of connections through it. It is the network that we have that has created the value uh, of the show. And you know, one, one of the things I think a lot of people don't realize is, is the value of creating content. Um, and and for, for those of you guys here, most, most everybody here is a business owner, operator. It's, I think one of the most difficult things is to convince yourself every day is to create some piece of content. And because you don't want to feel stupid or it feels overwhelming or you don't, you're not a camera person or, or, or whatever it is. What's weird is most everybody in here would probably agree with me that social media has too much power when it comes to social issues or political issues, right? I mean, I think, I think most everybody, can we just like show of hands, like agree with that statement? Yeah, okay, just about everybody. But wouldn't think that social media could be leveraged in the same way to grow your business. Like, like the, 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 the connection can't be made that like, well, it can, it can influence elections, but I can't sell my cereal. And, but that's just not true. It has, it has, it has so much potential. And, and so like it has a value in the sense that you can, you can create a message and a narrative for your business that, it, that reaches far beyond just where you're located. And so like for me, for instance, I am not in real estate at all. But because I've been doing this show called The Homeowner's Show for four and a half years, I can't tell you the number of people that ask me about real estate deals. Is now the right time to buy a home? 
What's a good interest rate I should be looking for? What kind of loan should I use? Who's the best inspector? What plumber should I use? Who does a good job on air conditioning? I mean, I, all, these, all these questions come constantly to Kevin and I uh, about these kinds of issues. The other thing is, and this, this is something I heard from somebody else recently, is if you could have a hundred hours of video footage of your grandparents right now in your hand, what would you pay for that? Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Maybe you didn't like your grandparents, but pick one that you liked. <laughs> maybe, maybe a dear aunt, I don't know. In vino veritas. But what would you pay for that content? I have, I have zero video footage of my grandparents. I would pay a lot of money to have five minutes of my grandfather giving me advice talking about something, what was happening in his brain at that time in his life. I've, I now have probably, gosh, 500 hours of video footage and audio of me just talking. And my kids may never want to listen to it. And my grandkids may never want to listen to it. And that's fine. But if they do, it's available to them. And so it goes beyond just building a business having influence and all the other, and, 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 and most people think that you get into podcasting and, and making videos on YouTube to make money. That rarely happens. That being said, there are over 2 million people on YouTube right now who have quit their jobs and are working full-time making six figures, making nothing but videos. 2 million. That's crazy. And so the power of the platform is incredible and the potential is almost limitless. Most people, so many things are moving away from mainstream. Newspapers, they're done. Magazines are done. Anybody actually like buy and or read those anymore? No, everyone in the room is shaking their head no. Do you read, yeah? Is it, is it, is it paper? Is it paper, yeah? Good for you, man. Do you really? That's awesome. No, I, like, I, I love old books. I love, I love that kind of stuff. But like statistically, it's just not happening anymore. And, and so everyone's moving over to a digital platform. If you have any kind of larger platform, you are now building your own network. It's offline? I don't know. Well, that's okay. We're still recording. I think the video is just down, but the audio is still there. Yeah. I think this camera right here just died, which is fine. We'll just adjust it. There we go. Thank you for that heads up. So anyway, that, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah, thank you. Crystal, why don't you come on up while I move this camera? Uh, apologize to everyone that's having to watch on this camera to get my Roman nose profile. <laughs> um, it's roaming all over the place is the problem. Roman. Yeah. So, so you, you volunteer with, with Hands of Justice, which is one of the partner ministries with, with BCB. Could you tell everybody a little, pull that right up to your, there you go. Tell, tell everybody a little bit about what Hands of Justice does. Hands of Justice is an anti-trafficking organization. It was founded by Rebecca Carey, who is a dear friend of mine for the past 15 years and unfortunately a human trafficking survivor, a sex trafficking survivor. 
And um, she has gone through a lot of healing. And about six years ago, she started Hands of Justice. We have an economic resource center, empowerment resource center, right down 2854. So we're right literally down this road and right before 45. And at that center, we opened uh, July, will be a year ago. So not quite a year. And um, what we do at the center is we offer trauma counseling. We have trauma counselors on staff at our facility who help girls and guys, but primarily women who come out of trafficking to help them work through their trauma and to lead productive, healthy lives. As you can imagine, it's very heavy um, to break free from that lifestyle. Um, They've been trafficked in various different ways. You know, people think trafficking is like the movie Taken. Uh It's not like the movie Taken. Um, For maybe a very, very small percentage of people, is it like the movie Taken? Trafficking happens by kids being groomed in school. Um, Trafficking happens by kids being solicited at a mall and told that they're pretty and to come do some modeling. And then it turns into bring your parents in. Um, build this trusting relationship and then it turns into something very deeper and darker and it's it's very real and it's also right here in montgomery county not just in big major metropolitan areas yeah well and and you you said a word just a minute ago that i think a lot of people hear in articles and in news cycles but like grooming Mm -hmm. what what is that you know, I brought some notes. I wish Becca <laughs> could be here tonight, but we have another event, so I'm kind of pinch-hitting for her. But she sent me some notes, um, so I don't forget anything. So okay. what you want to look for with people who are being groomed, they're going to, um, you know, our kids, if you have ten teenagers, I've had two female teenagers at some point, they can't stand you, and groomers will come in through online or through kids in school and tell them, like, your parents are awful. You don't deserve that. They've start giving them gifts and they convince them that they can offer them a better life and why don't you just run away and that sort of thing and they make it very convenient yeah i i ask that because i know a lot of people they hear that word and they think that it's it's very in your face but what you're saying is it's very subtle it 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 starts very subtle and primarily online online Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's rarely done in person it's, I mean, it is, but rarely. Um, mm-hmm. If it is in person, it's through someone else, like at a high school who's already being trafficked, maybe has um, yeah, someone that is encouraging them or paying them to bring in other people. And is, if it's happening online, is it, is it happening through social media? Is it happening in chat rooms? Is it what, like, where, where are we seeing or where are you know, people investigating these things seeing it actually happen? I mean, you know, in a... In our training for our organization, anybody who wants to volunteer is go through a training. But we do is we go over all sorts of different um, apps online. Mm-hmm. Snapchat is a huge, oh, really? huge red flag. For okay. People. Yeah. I mean, connecting. Well, and here's what I think would be interesting just for the, just for the room. Is it, does anyone in here actually use Snapchat? No. Yeah. I'm not seeing Good any answers. hands. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone in here have kids who use Snapchat? Yeah. Monitor yeah, your I would kids imagine. online activity yeah Sna- have their passwords yeah well and I, th- I think one of the reasons if, if i'm not wrong snapchat is one of those that deletes the message after it's been sent right so there's it's almost impossible to see what someone has said mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah it's disgusting um so can we go through just a few more things yeah yeah, yeah please you know you want to look for um people who are being isolated Kids who kind of remove themselves from the classroom at school, sit in the back. You see changes in behavior that are very obvious. Or they stop attending school. Um, They start dressing differently. Um, They have new friends that you just kind of have a pause about that you're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. 
Um, get in your kid's business. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, my daughter's 32. Um, when she was in high school, she had a friend. And I had just a poor feeling about this friend. And I got on on MySpace. (laughs) I aged myself and my kid back then. And her name was, let's just say, Elizabeth. But her MySpace name was Elizabeth Ecstasy. And I'm like, no. You're not going to be friends with her. And she'll say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. And I'm like, good morals, corrupt, bad character. And you're not Jesus. No, No. we're not going to do this. You love her from afar. You pray for her, but no. Be like him, but you ain't him. We're so afraid to offend our kids, but we need to protect our kids. Yeah, for sure. And she can be mad at me for a little while, but I mean, we're best friends now. Yeah, she got over it. (laughs) She got over it. With um, with some of the girls that you're talking, and I I assume it's mostly girls, um, I know, I know it does happen to, to boys as well, but how far along into it are they before they realize that it's happening to them? Oh, so far into it. I mean, I'll just refer to our founder, Rebecca Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been trafficked years ago. It was through a relationship and she was at Sam Houston university studying criminal justice. Oh my gosh. And as they're giving the course, she literally had to get up and walk out because she was like, she did not identify. She didn't realize that she was trafficked. Mm. Um, you know, let me read you a few statistics that um, 41% of victims are children. 80% are under 10 years old. Um, 40, gosh, I don't see it on here, but oftentimes it's familiar trafficking. It's You mean people that they know? I mean, their family. Their family, okay. Their family parents trafficking children. Mm. But I think what's more prevalent in our area is the grooming, is the online predatory behavior, seeking out kids who are vulnerable, playing on their vulnerabilities. Yeah. And kids are invincible. They think it could never happen to them. For sure, yeah. And I do have a couple of personal stories. I was gonna say, for you, sure, you, that you, I wanna share with you. But I do wanna share a little bit about more about Hands of Justice. Sure, yeah. I want you guys to know that um, we have survivor-led support groups all over the country. We have 12 in this surrounding area, um, primarily women. They're all led by overcomers who have gone through hands of justice through some healing and have developed as to leaders. You mentioned men. We have a sexual abuse study, right? I'm sorry, a sexual abuse recovery group right down the road that meets once a week. I believe it's on Sunday evenings for men who've been sexually abused. Mm. They may not have been trafficked, but the men who lead it have been sexually abused. And it's a shame-based thing for men as well as women. And it's important that those guys go through healing. And these are great men that lead this group Mm. and great women that lead these groups. Um, Yep. So so tell, tell me, you were telling me earlier that you actually have a friend that lives nearby, that her daughter actually experienced this. Erin, yeah. I don't know if you have the video, the picture. Erin, I don't know if you have the slide or the picture of that. I'd love for them, no, to see. Um, I have a picture I can show you afterwards. Yeah, I sent Erin a picture earlier today. It won't, so, it won't be on the video. It won't so. be on the video, but this is my friend Nikki and her beautiful baby Maddie when they come up. Uh, Maddie was 15 years old and they moved. And Maddie met some new friends and her new friends weren't friends at all. Um, you know, when we think about people who are trafficked or teenagers who are trafficked, we think about people on the, the other side of the tracks right. in sure. seedy parts of town. Like I did, um, this baby was well loved. She loved her family. Um, so yeah, through, um, personal relationships through new friends, she was groomed. She was brought into trafficking, um, and she's no longer alive because of it. 
And when you look at her picture, you'll see that could be my kid and me. That could be your kid and you. Um, her mom's an incredible warrior mm. who fights every day to honor her memory. And she did give me permission. I would never share her story without it. But, you know, if there is any good news in this, it's that um, it rarely happens that the predators, the abusers, are convicted. And um, hers was. And he just recently was sentenced to 30 years. Mm. But her parents will never have their child back. I mean, they moved to an area that's a great area. And mm. it's in the Houston area. Yeah. Um, I have another friend whose daughter is still missing. She was abducted and brought into trafficking. I say abducted, but lured into trafficking from spring in 2020. Mm-hmm. Our mom battles every day wondering where she is. Still doesn't know. And a mother. How, how long has that been? 2020. Okay. Right down the road in spring. A mother and son have been accused and convicted of her trafficking, but we don't know where she is. Mm. Well, I, th- I think you just, you just said something else that to me, I, I rattles a preconception. I, I think most people think of this as being men doing this to women. And, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of times it's women doing it to women. Well, I think a lot of times women are like, play the mother role and bring them in, like act right. like they're caring for them. They're nurturing them. I understand your parents are horrible. Like come here. I mean, this girl who's missing from spring, she was an ROTC, like, she was a good kid. Right. Maddie was a great kid. They're, they're both great kids. Yeah. And so, we, and the reason I bring that up is because I think a lot of people, like, like most parents, they're not going to hire a teenage boy to like babysit their children. They're going to feel more comfortable with a teenage girl mm-hmm. babysitting their children. And so like, I think most parents feel more comfortable you know, leaving their children with another woman or, you know, or however that works. And it's like, if you don't know them, don't do that because they're just as vulnerable. I mean, I don't know the numbers that you guys have, but I would, I would imagine they're not like, it's not like 50, 50, but I think it's more dominant men for for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think women do play a role and it's, I think there's a common pairing between a man and a woman and it's an evil, um, combination of mm. playing on vulnerability and being authoritative. And, and from, from other people that I've talked to, from what I understand, it's not, these are not necessarily like, I don't want to characterize them as like evil women, but like sometimes they are groomed and trafficked to do that mm-hmm. to other women. Are. You know, I mean, you can have traffickers who end, who, you can have people who are trafficked who end up with criminal charges against them because they, right. they're victims who are, victimizing right right all right so to, to, to kind of bring this all back around what can these people do what can people listening online do to get involved to help what 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 is the next step and there's so much okay um it seems like such a tremendous issue and like in our hearts we realize we wish hands of justice didn't have to exist but the reality is we do and so of course it takes financial support um you know we are a nonprofit. We are not funded by grants or federal type things. We mm-hmm. present that we are a Christ-based organization. We love these girls to the Lord. We know that without healing from him, mm-hmm. you won't have full restorative healing. So um, financially, we need contributions. Um, but practically, we do a couple of fundraisers a year. Um, we have one coming up on April 21st. It is... Sorry, sweetie, Jerry. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it is a, it's called Fashion for Freedom, and it is a fashion show at the Glade Art Gallery in the Woodlands. Mm-hmm. Some of our survivors will be models at the show on the runway. Some won't be. And we're looking for local boutiques to donate outfits for the models to wear and to present. And then at the end of it, it's a silent auction. You bid on the outfits that they wear to help raise money. It's going to be at 1030 in the morning. We have a great lunch planned and it's a fun time just to get together. You know, anybody can write a check or hop on PayPal and make a donation. And we love those. (laughs) But for survivors to show up and see people visibly there supporting them, Mm -hmm. loving them, you can't put a price tag on it. Not at all. And and, and real quick, one of the things I want to I want to point out because you're a faith based organization, I, I know there might be people listening at home or listening here going, "Well, why can't you get a grant? Why can't you get federal funding?" And it's probably because you are a faith based organization, and those kinds of grants aren't always readily available, at least in the big money yeah. <laughs> federal grants. I, mean, I don't know. Um, Becca could answer that much better than I can. But oh, I know. I will tell you I that we. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, um, and I'm sure there are probably things that we wouldn't agree to that would be asked right. if we got received grants. But I do know that there are companies like Goya that have come in and donated a lot of money to our organization. They've used Becca in, you know, flew her out to California to be in a short film that they did about trafficking awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of organizations coming and partnering with us, and we're very, very grateful. So financially, but also boots on the ground. You know, yeah. we have a training at our center coming up in March. Anybody who wants to volunteer can go through a training and volunteer. It's a very informative training. We love to do education. So if anybody has um, homeschoolers, uh, kids groups, youth groups at church, we mm-hmm. can come and do training to help kids learn about online predatory um, apps and the things to look out for with grooming. Um, we really love spending time with kids, helping them learn how to be safe. Yeah. And they can hear it from their parents. I don't know if anybody else's kids. My kids are awesome. But if they hear it from me, it's not real. It's not penetrating. <laughs> but if they hear it from other people, it definitely gives them more weight. And for we sure. don't want anyone else's kids to go through what Maddie and the other girl that I was referring to or any other. Absolutely not. Yeah. Has been through. So if anybody wants to get in touch, what's the website? It's handsofjustice.org. Okay. And Becca would be here tonight, but she hit, we huh. have a fundraiser, so she's there. I've um, enjoyed talking to you. Well, <laughs> she's way better. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We'll wrap it up. If you guys haven't yet, subscribe, thumbs up, follow, all the good stuff. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>